Welcome to the Brains Magazine podcast, a podcast with in-depth interviews and conversations with world-class entrepreneurs, expert coaches, industry leaders, and international celebrities. Get exclusive insight into the world of business, mindset, leadership, and lifestyle with your host, Mark Sefton. Welcome to this episode of the Brains Magazine podcast. And today I have the pleasure of having Catherine Vilmrotter with us. Catherine is of the Love Cure. She's also very much based and focused on mental and emotional wellness and is known as a practitioner within these fields. Catherine, how are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for having me, Mark. Beautiful. Yeah, I mean... Most people don't get to obviously see someone when they are listening to a podcast. That's why I always think that we always really need to continually work on our voice because that often is where people pick up energy. But you've got a lovely smile uh, and people obviously can't see that. But often, you know, I often think that we can see things through what we hear, which is which is interesting, isn't it? It is. Completely is. And I totally agree with you. And that's something that I I always, if I want to know more about someone, rather than looking at a photo or emailing, having someone's voice and hearing that and feeling it is is so powerful. It is. And And I think that that makes it really important. I think too many times when we do a podcast, I don't necessarily feel we always maximize the opportunity in terms of the delivery and the exuberance, you know, because that's all that people have. It's your tone. It's the way you say things. Often people are saying the same things, but actually how you say it is really what makes it pop. I completely agree. It's it's because you're feeling the energy. You're feeling this is who I am. This is what I'm putting out into the world. And it's subconscious for, for a lot of people, but we, we kind of get a a hit of that of who who you are and we feel it in our in our body and you know we we interact with it and we kind of get that gut feeling about someone or a situation if you walk into a room you get that too you know mm. and it's kind of that that subconscious understanding or knowing that just happens that most of us don't even think about exactly so my my goal today my duty towards you and for all <laughs> Those that listen to the Brains podcast, I always try and glean as much from you in in the time allocated. And so we're going to jump straight in, Catherine, and uh, really looking forward to some of the things we're going to discuss today. I know that you're a woman who believes in hope. Um, I would love to know what is hope for you and why do you believe it's so important right now for humanity to have it in their life? What a great question. Um, Hope, I think, is the the belief that you can better yourself, the belief that that you can better your situation, that you're not stuck. So I guess hope in that regard is the prospect of movement, Mm. because if you're if you feel stuck in something in your situation, in a state of mind and a job or a relationship, whatever that is, if you feel helpless so it's the opposite of helplessness, right? It's this, it's this idea that I have mobility and I can control 
where I go and how I feel to an extent. Obviously, there's a lot that's that's outside of our control, but that that idea that I can do something to to change my circumstances. Mm. And what what is the detriment of us not having hope? Because whenever I think of hope, I think of you know it's really important that we frame things in seasons, that we see things as temporary, uh, that there's a passing through which emphasizes that we will go through something, and what we go through may not be great it may be difficult and challenging but why is it so important that we embrace the hope and have the frame that it is seasonal that it is temporary and that it is a passing and it isn't a permanent disposition i love that you just said that because basically those points what you just said something's not permanent it's temporary i have the ability to kind of have some volition about it is really the key to get out of a lot of stuck mental and negative, what we would think of as, as negative mental states. So when we find ourselves in an experience or a feeling that doesn't feel good, <laughs> that, that we might say is negative, that we, we don't want to be there. Um, having, having the, the idea that, okay, this, this doesn't have to be forever. This is, this is, if you know that you're on a progression, you're in a trajectory, you're moving, you're moving through something or if you're going through hell, don't stay there, keep going. Right. And so Mm -hmm. it's this, this, this mindset of transformation can really help. It almost gives meaning to that, whatever it is you're going through that negative experience, that, that mood. And it, it makes it, it makes, at least it makes me almost kind of dive into it more and say, okay, what am I, what am I learning here? What, what's the lesson? What am I, what am I missing? What, what, what am I blocked from? Mm. Right. And so I think that is all part of the that mindset of hope and which is highly connected to curiosity, Mm. I find. And I think the state of being curious is is such a a powerful feeling and state of being if we can access it. Yeah, I always think curiosity keeps you hungry. You know, they they took it's funny how there's certain phrases when I was a kid. I don't know whether you would have heard them because obviously I'm in the UK and you're in North America, but um, you know, one of them was uh, curiosity killed the cat. Right. Yeah. You know, but then I also think of the other one that combats that, which is a cat has nine lives. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah. Indeed. Indeed. And I definitely have heard that in the, in the States. And what I would say to counter, to counter the curiosity killed the cat is, Curiosity, I think, and I feel very strongly in many ways, saved my life mm. and maybe gave me the rebirths of the, the multiple lives that a cat might have, right? With, with that curious disposition. And when I went through something that was horrendous, um, a trauma, I was in the, the Peace Corps, I was, I was gang raped and just shattered my whole being. And for a period, of course, I was just demolished, but that curiosity and not giving up on myself, which I felt like many days I wanted to give up on myself, but that curiosity and the hope that somehow I found kept me going. And mm-hmm. so that, that is, could this really be it? Or can I, can I find more? And so that, that curiosity really I, I do believe saved my life. Mm. Yeah, I do. I do want to go a little deep with you and, and and be sensitive as well to 
some of your your story but i i always think that often we go through things in life so that we can lead others from that place of pain you know and often i think that some people you know if you're going through a lot of things and you're like you know why me in some ways i feel like your past really does give you power and identity to actually the people that you were to serve and to give hope to you know and and move forward so a couple of questions and you started to touch on it a little bit but why did you not give up on yourself you know at your darkest moment what what made you not give up well i think it was several things um first and probably foremost was that i was so blessed to have a a family that loves me and a network and i had no trauma up until that point um so i knew i knew what it was to not be like this and i was angry Hmm. I, i was angry not only at the people who attacked me but i was angry at the situation that i couldn't access myself i couldn't laugh I couldn't, I couldn't even really smile. Um, you know, you can always fake smile, but I couldn't, I didn't feel that the energy wasn't there. I couldn't, I couldn't go back there and I couldn't really access myself. And that made me really angry. Um, and the many phases of healing and passing through something, but I think that that anger probably <laughs> drove me, drove me to progress and to, it was that, it was that fire. And for me, and I've always had that fire. I've always been very passionate about everything. So whether it manifested in anger in that moment, or, you know, whether it's, I'm working on a project and I'm thinking creatively about, okay, how am I going to solve this problem? Whether it's for someone else or for me, it's, it's, it's that fire that I, I didn't, I didn't let go out. And so that as well as my, I had this amazing network and I would always, I doubted myself. I didn't trust myself. I couldn't trust my body and my brain because of the neurological things that happen when you experience some kind of PTSD, extreme um, stress response that's prolonged. Um, so I didn't, I couldn't trust my, my gut feeling, that energy. I, I, I couldn't trust it anymore because it was, it was lying to me. It was telling me that everything was scary. And I knew that everything wasn't scary. So there's a lot of, I don't know if that really answers your question. There's a lot of layers to, to why. And, and, and I try to, I try to bring that to, to my work when I'm working with a client. Yeah. Here's something that I can totally reflect back just by asking you that question. The fact that you can talk about it. I think that when we can talk about things that have been difficult, I think that shows uh, a level of of healing and, and moving past you know you talked about how you can access your emotions yet you just through me watching you and listening to you you are very expressive you're very animated and I like the fact that you know when we first jumped on this call call you know you smiled with your eyes there's very much a warmth from you which you know hear, hearing your heart in terms of the 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 pain and the trauma you went through which obviously I, I can't imagine, you know, suffering what you did. And yet there's still a beauty. And the fact that you actually work with human beings, because 
when human beings violate like you the way that you have been it's really interesting now that you actually still have the heart the desire to even want to help because for many i reckon that would just be the last thing that they would want to do have you kind of been surprised by by that change in you well that's an interesting question because i I, i've been through phases so right when it happened i had that anger and i wanted to do everything i could and and channel that energy to the the victims or survivor i don't like the word victim anymore um but i used it then to the the survivors of horrendous things you know but there was still that towards them i had that energy of real anger and probably verging on hatred right which i had really never felt before um but there was this 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 divided energy this passion of this i don't want this to happen to anyone else and that was a big part of my drive to get back out there and to find a job and to you know get mentally stable and really figure out and find tools to help me do that Mm. Um, but then there's the second half where I, I moved through and when I really, well, once I discovered human givens and I had the rewind and my brain started healing, I could feel, I could feel how there was, I was starting to feel compassion to them. And that's kind of when I knew the first point that I can identify that like, wow, I'm, I'm actually growing. Like this is a growth path. Mm. Yeah, you just mentioned human uh, givens, which I was gonna, I was gonna ask you about because I know when you suffered PTSD from, you know, the the life sharing sexual assault that you talked about, you know, you came across human givens, and I, I just wondered what what is that exactly, and and how does how did that kind of work and and unfold? Well, it's funny how I found them because they're based in the UK. Oh, actually, the the UK and Ireland is where they where they came from, and it's a lovely approach and, and it's just so simple. And, and I don't come from a psychology or therapy background. I come from architecture and really engineering and that kind of mind. So I didn't have a background in this, but I had my experience and I know what I was feeling. And so there was really nothing therapy, therapy in the U S what was available. They basically said, all right, well now you have PCSD and you're always going to, so kind of learn how to deal with that. And that wasn't that wasn't enough for me. That wasn't okay. So I, you know, kept looking and finally I was, I moved across the country for a job, um, which I was terrified about. Um, but I was volunteering in a, a rape crisis center, um, like counseling, um, office, kind of a, a social service thing. And I was just checking people and I wasn't doing anything significant. Um, but I remember, checking someone in one day and saying, wow, they've been coming here for 20 years. And I had never had therapy before. I really wasn't um, aware that people go to therapy. I mean, you know, you hear, but I, I, I was seeing it and like everyone, and then every person I checked in, it was like 15 years, 10 years, 12 years, you know, I was just like, that's so much time. Mm. Are they getting better? So I started asking therapists there. I was like, what are you, what are you doing? Is it working? Do you see progress? And they were like, well, you know, sometimes it's hit or miss. And I was like, wow, I just couldn't, I just couldn't understand that this was a field where that was not 
they hadn't figured it out. Right. And so, so basically I decided I went home and I was like, I'm going to find the solution for these people. Um, and I Googled, right. Thank you, Google. Um, I don't know if I can say that on this, they'll probably get paid for it, but, um, I, so I, I Googled PTSD treatments that were effective and, you know, I had been doing tons of research for myself, you know, CBT and, you know, all, all of them, all of them, um, EFT, all the things I knew, but I didn't know human givens and it popped up for some reason. Um, and I started reading about it. I was like, this is everything I'm feeling. This is, they get it. They get what I'm feeling. And I looked up, um, the, the, the PTSD treatment, which they call the rewind. I'm like, yeah, this is great. Everything. I obviously hadn't experienced it at that point, but everything they were saying about what happens when you have a PTSD response was resonating with me, which I hadn't felt from any of the other approaches. So long story short, maybe too late, I contacted them and I was like, I have these, I have these people. I want to see if this is useful for them that I can bring it back and, and maybe tell them about it and, and help them. And Sue Saunders um, who was, who was doing a lot of, of, she was, she was a tutor and in, in charge of a lot there. She contacted me back and got on the, on the phone with me, gave me her time, just was the sweetest, most wonderful person. And she, she was like, okay, you know, if, if this is something that you want to know about and bring to an organization, you should experience it. And that kind of, I was like, what? I, I don't need to do that. I'm, I'm fine. You know, I was like, I didn't really think about that aspect of it. So she said, listen, in three months, I'm doing the first workshop in the US. I'm going to North Carolina. Come down and we can use you as, as the demo and you can get a rewind. Like, okay, all right, all right. So I did it. So I go there and I get a rewind in front of probably 200 people, the lecture hall full of people. And that was the beginning of getting my brain back. And it, I was just flabbergasted that this was, I felt, I felt different. I could feel. And I remember having a phone call that night, even we process a lot of emotions and, and information in your sleep, in your REM state. So I had just slept a few hours and I already felt different. I woke up and I had a phone call that would have really triggered me. And I was like, well, I'm, I feel calm. Interesting. And it was that curiosity, you know, that was kind of like, Oh yeah, check that out. Look at that. I'm, I'm different already. Let's see where this goes. So, so that's, so that's the rewind technique of the human givens. And they have just the simplest, most elegant way of dealing with mental and emotional health. You know, we have needs when they're met in balance, it's impossible to be unwell. Mm. And that was, I think the main difference for me once I started learning about it, because obviously I needed to learn about it after I experienced that, um, that really they asked a different question than all the other therapies. They asked what makes a person well, instead of what does this pathology look like? Mm. And to me, their perspective of how they come at a human was 180 degrees different. It made all the difference. Mm, it's interesting. There's so many different treatments, you know, you've got everything from hypnotherapy to, you know, some of the things that you talked about, compassion therapy, some of those other great therapies. And it's, I think it's really important that we find something that, that works for us and interesting how it, it kind of came to from a different angle. 
that's what really resonated and, and helped you on, on your journey. Now, I know that you wrote a book called The Love Cure. Uh, what is the premise of that book? And, and what are the, say, the three kind of main giveaways or takeaways from, from that? Well, it's, it's interesting. Um, I actually have a second book out and they, they, which I published very recently and they are, they go to get, so I have to back up a little bit. I, I come from science, hard science, no religion. That was my background. And since the trauma and my healing, my consciousness has expanded. And I have been able to connect to more of myself. And so anyway, so fast forward my 11 years, actually two days ago was the 11 year anniversary of, of my healing. So it's really, a, it's fabulous that we're doing this today. So I go from being atheist science to channeling a book. And that is something I could never have fathomed ever in a million years for the first 26 years of my life. So what the love cure is, this the book connecting back to you, is about eight months of my life when I was in a very um, tumultuous growth period. Mm-hmm. Um, I was basically asking the universe for help. And it was a period when all kinds of things were being thrown at me. And I was just really trying to figure it out and I needed help. And I didn't feel like there were um, people or resources in my environments, in my network that could necessarily help me through them. So I really felt like I needed to access a higher power, whatever that was. And I started writing. And for me, I channel through writing. Um, I'm not, I'm not a verbal channel. I'm not, I, we all, they're all the different clairs, right? Um, but for me, it's kind of this automatic writing where I kind of go away and write, and then I come back and I read it. <laughs> so, so I found myself doing that and I didn't really know I was, you know, I, I, I wasn't really aware coming from um, a background where really that wasn't part of my life or my, my awareness. So I started doing that and I, there are 54 entries, 54 days um, that I asked for a message. I need help with X, Y, Z. And that's what I got. So basically what, what this book is, is a documentation of me kind of saying, this is what I'm dealing with as the human, right? And then asking the universe for guidance and there's the channeled message. And then it's my reflection of, oh, Oh, that's interesting. How, how I, I grew from whatever they said, depending on what day it was. So it's 54 entries like that. Um, and it's funny because when I got to the end, I realized that a, a whole set of 33 poems that I had written three, three and a half years prior was actually the second book hmm. because it was leading into what it was talking about. And the last one was all about the last entry in the love cure was all about expression and connecting to yourself and finding that, that no matter what difficult thing you go through, the joy of being human, of, of being part of this life is remembering, experiencing who you are and expressing that, whatever that is, whether it's painting, whether it's speaking, whether 
whatever that is, expressing that and that that's the highest joy you can have. So the whole, what the culmination of that book and where I got, and I wouldn't have been able to access that message at the beginning of the book, because with channeling, um, you have to, you match the vibration of the message you get, right? So, so at the beginning of the book, I had a, a lot more um, heavier, heavier vibrations. I wouldn't have been able to access that lighter vibration. So that's interesting. And then the expressions that I had referred to, which in, in the channeled message, they call it the song of the universe. Mm-hmm. So songs from the universe, each person is a song, our expression, our voice is a song. And that was kind of the metaphor that they used and which described, which actually was the title of this first set of poems. And I didn't realize that I was channeling something then. So it's this weird, like time, this, this cyclical time thing that happened that I had to express this set of poems. Mm. And then I learned why I needed to do that. If that makes sense. So it's, so it's this, it's this weird kind of, it's my process, basically short answer. (laughs) Yeah. I think, you know, you're touching on and you're talking a lot about energy and, you know, how we express that, which we feel. And we already said at the start that often, you know, you can, uh, you can hit, you can see something without, you know, actually visually seeing it, but you can, you can hear what you see. And, you know, we talked a little bit about that anyway, you know, I'd love for you to, to maybe shed some light on how do we become, uh, more energetically aware is, is there some things that we can do to, to be more aware of our, our own energy? Absolutely. The biggest thing, slow down. That's, that's the top, even if it's just for five or 10 minutes in a day, even if it's for a few breaths and if you elongate, if you take a normal inhale, and you elongate your exhale, you know, just really slow down your exhale that not only stimulates your parasympathetic nervous system, which calms you down, which physiologically and chemically calms you down, but it also, you're focusing on something that you can feel the, your, your lungs and all the, the physical things that are happening. And you start, you can start to slow down and whether, and for some people, breath does it. For other people, they have to do something with their hands because we can't, we can't focus outward and inward at the same time. So anything that kind of gets you out of your head and focusing, whether it's driving or making something or gardening, or that can, can do that for you. It's really getting into a state of flow to calm down your brain and really slowing down and then connecting, trying to connect with yourself and just seeing what you feel and being curious being open to experiencing and feeling and getting an answer that you might not expect. Mm. And those are the two things you have to be curious, but then you have to be able to accept the answer that you get. If Mm. you are curious. Yeah, that makes sense. And when you talk about energy harmony, is this very much a part of that? Absolutely. Um, so, so I have two practices. Energy harmonizing is the, the energy based, you know, it, it can get as spiritual as, as someone wants. And then human givens is a more psychotherapy, um, neuroscience practice. So I try to have something for, for everyone, but the energy harmonizing, uh, harmonizing, excuse me, is based on 
tools, things that I discovered when I was on my path. And really that's what the love cure is. That's what the whole path is. Um, and what I created that to share was this is what worked for me and it might work for you. So this energy half, um, I discovered when I started, um, I, I learned Reiki. I didn't know what that was. I, um, the first time I, I used a, um, a singing bowl, I remember I played it and my brain just blitzed out. I was just having zero thoughts for, I think the first time in my life. <laughs> and, and so that started me on kind of the energy, like wow, everything just stopped in my body. My every, you know, obviously not fully, but it's it slowed, it slowed it down dramatically. And I could think clearly and mm -hmm. slowly and not be racing. And, and so that, then I discovered biogeometry, which is just remarkable. It's um, it's, a science of quality of energy quality is how they describe themselves. Um, and I studied that. And what that gave me was the scientific repeatable framework that I could use. I could measure the strength of an energy. I could map it. I could repeat it. Um, and so that also really activated the part of my brain that needs that structure coming from, you know, my, my background and just, just how my brain is, is structured. I just need to be able to do that. And I, and I could, and I started seeing energetic patterns. And so I use their, their tools as the basis of my energy harmonizing sessions that I would, that I would offer people and find disharmonized, uh, disharmonized energy or clumps or blocks or whatever is going on in someone's system. And infuse it with harmonizing energy um, and emit it into their system, either right here or, you know, afar. And it starts to shift it if they accept it, right? We can always choose to reject the energy. It's, we have free will, but it's adding that harmonizing energy, which, which I believe is love. And well, that's the highest form of energy, isn't it? Love. Absolutely. In it's purest form. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice that you offer those two sides, you know, because I find that some people are led by their, their head and some people are led by their heart and often, and then we have like the gut and the intuition as well. So it's interesting that you're offering something for those that may be more academic uh, and need logics and then have something that's much more intuitive. Absolutely. And that's kind of um, my, I'm on this kick now where I'm talking about um, healing lenses or healing languages and how I distilled, because I've experienced a pretty wide spectrum of, of complete academic hard sciences to this, which, which is objective, this extreme objective through human givens, which is this more experiential, emotional, right? That's kind of your part of it to this energy, which is a little more experiential, a little more subjective. And really it's accessing, you can only really do it with someone else. Like I couldn't perform an energy session with someone if my energy wasn't fairly balanced. Mm. So it really is a lot more subjective because it's going through my system. And then there's this spirituality, which is almost, I would say completely subjective, right? So there's this, okay, I trust others more than I trust myself. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And then there's this, I trust myself way more than, you know, more that I trust whatever sign and, and that being able to go back and forth between those languages, I can meet people where they are. Mm. And if I'm speaking a language that they are not receptive to, I'm not going to get through, they're not going to benefit. And it's, you know, why bother? So I, I think the key to working with someone in this capacity is really being able to speak their language. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Really good. As we bring this into land, I know that uh, one of the things that you engaged with me on, on LinkedIn was this idea that I, I write myself a letter to open, you know, a year later, I do this on the 31st of December. Uh, I was wondering whether you did that. Did you do that? I did. Actually, it's funny. I did my own version of it. I recorded it. I did an audio version of that because, which is funny, kind of takes us full circle because for me that I can, I can feel where I was then the next year, you know? So I, so I kind of not, not to overuse the word channel, but I I really like got into like my center and I was like, okay, (laughs) what's this letter? What am I going to say to myself in a year? Um, So yes, yes, I did. (laughs) That's fascinating that you've done it as a, as an audio. How interesting. Yeah. It's really interesting, actually, the fact that you're very mindful of what works for you, but also for others. So like we said, you know, you offer something intellectual and then you offer something more intuitive uh and then you know you took something that resonated with you like in terms of what i did and then you added your own which i i really like is there is there anything Catherine, that you want to share uh before we end today and obviously let people know how they can interact with you and and find out more about what you do if i had one message for anyone who's listening it's never give up on yourself ever, no matter how hard it gets, you can always get through it and sing your song, whatever your song is, whatever you're feeling, whatever you want to get into the world, whatever you need to say, just don't be afraid to sing your song because each voice is so important and we can't have the harmony. One voice can't harmonize with itself. So we need, we need all of the voices. And I think love is connection and anything that we do to separate ourselves from ourselves is the opposite of love right that would be fear fear is separation and and mm-hmm. you know so so always try to connect always try to be curious and never give up on yourself love it and and how do people find out more about you so you can go to my website um www.love l-o-v-e dash cure c-u-r-e dot com um, and my email is Catherine Lovecure at gmail.com. All my contact information is on my website. Um, I have an insight timer where I've expressed lots of, lots of meditations and songs and things that are probably useful, um, to me and maybe not anyone else. Um, but I do have that and, um, I'm on Instagram at, um, the love cure. Beautiful. Well, really enjoyed it. You have you do have great energy. It's very uh, wonderful uh, spending some time with you. You radiating out of that big smile of yours, and uh, yeah, really fascinating to hear your journey and what you've been up to. So, thank you. Thank you so much, Mark. This was great. Beautiful. 
Thank you for joining this episode with me, Max Sefton. I hope you've really enjoyed it. Feel free to leave us a positive review on iTunes. And I look forward to welcoming you back to the next episode of the Brains Magazine podcast.